This is Slashers, a horror movie podcast brought to you by two goons with nothing better to do. That, I lost it. We had a new line. Remember that, Brian? That's right. Fuck, I forgot what what was it. Watching the old movies. So So you you don't don't have have to. to. Something. Well, we're taking fan submissions to our new (laughs) subtitle. I realized it was bullshit to say, you know, on whatever night we record this week because we literally have a segment called Warm Up Wednesday. Or Wednesday Warm Up. Or Warm Up Wednesday. Hmm. You be the judge. Rabbit season. Duck season. I thought if I try it long enough, I'm going to get Brian to say it. So, Brian. Oh, I should introduce you. Go back. Rewind sound effect. (laughs) And with me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hey, what's going on, people? Brian, how's your week? Yeah, not too bad. I feel like I'm uh, one of those first world Californians where I was complaining about the cold weather one week. And now I'm like, oh, it's too hot outside. Yeah, I could definitely empathize. Like, I walked out of my air-conditioned office, and I was like, oh, it was so chilly in there. And I sat in the car, and I was like, oh, this is nice. The warmth is nice. And then five seconds later, I was like, God, the heat is bullshit. Yeah, it's it's definitely an in-between phase for me as far as uh, I wake up in the morning and go to work. I still have a beanie on. And then, I don't know, about 1130 comes around, I'm like sweating balls outside. Yeah. Unlike Brian, I wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. <laughs> Kesha? Okay. You know Kesha? Huh? You wash it. Uh, what's it? Yeah, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. You don't know that? What is this Kesha you speak of? <laughs> Kesha was my theme song in, uh, in law school. I once was briefing a case for my contracts professor, and I was like, blah, 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 because I was moving along. He's like, you don't blah, blah, blah. And so her song, blah, 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 was very popular. Is that an actual song? Yeah. Come God, people come up with the weirdest names for songs. It's a great song. It's hmm. classic. It Maybe is something a little more creative Rhapsody than blah, blah, blah. The fuck? Did it really come out in 2010? Are you just throwing it out there? No, I know for certain it did. Fuck, man. You know your Kesha. Because it was the year that I started law school. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. makes me feel incredibly old now that I say that out loud. But that's neither here nor there. Ah, oh, man. I forgot. I forgot to do the intro properly because I am an asshole. Oh, are we doing the uh, the tagline? Tag what the <sighs> fuck was it? Like, get ready, New York, or some shit? There's a couple of them, but this one was just when you thought you'd seen it all. This is Slashers. I just got <laughs> so excited. It was lights, camera, action. Yeah. I mean, you got lights. You got cameras. You got under the table action. Brian's well, jacking me off with his feet right now. I mean, to to be fair, this this movie goes right into fucking insanity so there's not really any kind of build-up it just goes right into it so in a way you're kind of going off the movie yeah there is no plot in this film whatsoever uh well i don't know i digress i feel like it's maybe subplots yeah these are like snl sketches that were made by somebody on pcp and then they just put them together yeah absolutely um i feel like uh this morning actually (laughs) i had mentioned to you i feel like this (laughs) This movie was made by a uh, art major at a junior college for his final project. And, and I was like, that's because it was. <laughs> <laughs> the film, I don't know if many of you know this, we're doing Street Trash from 1987. Now, the film actually started as a short film that was done by, uh, what's his name? James Murillo. James Murrow. James Murrow. Murrow Jr. The senior Sounds- was an executive producer. Bankrolled by daddy. He was only 22 at the time. So he did the uh, short film, and then based on that, they made the full film. 
pretty much the exact same thing. They just added a bunch of junk, which shows you why, because the plot doesn't continue through. It's just other plots that they put on. Yeah, I feel like um, they have one plot, and then they're like, okay, let's deal with this shit, and then they wrap up for the day, and then they wake up the next morning, and they're like, you know what? I changed my mind. Let's do something else. <laughs> yeah, I was... Uh, so there's a book that Roy Froomkiss had helped co-write, I guess. I'm not exactly sure his full involvement in it, but he was talking about how they had a lengthy uh, shooting style and so the way that they did the movie, on their own, they crowdfunded thirty-five grand that they then took to investors after they made stuff. And his whole point in his book was, you need to do the fucking work. You don't go to executive producers like, hey, I got this idea. You go to them with something, which is crazy to think because this movie's fucking shenanigans. And yet they had this like very savvy business acumen. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I don't feel like it really shows in the film. No, not at all. <laughs> so, I mean, there it would be cool if there's some way to translate that. Uh, although, at the same time, the the visual effects, I thought, were pretty sweet. Yeah, they are absolutely gnarly. And funny enough, so the... Um, it's like an actual genre, right? Like yeah, melt, melting? Melt movies. Melt movies. There are like four or five of them. That I are feel like that's one. some weird fucking fetish film. Like, yeah, this is a melt film. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Getting icky. So, uh, Jennifer Aspinall, who did... Uh, Toxic Avenger, Spookies, Twisted Souls. She had just done Toxic Avenger. She came over and did this movie. And funny enough, Lloyd Kaufman, director and you know trauma star, uh, who wrote the book All I Learned About Filmmaking, I Learned from the Toxic Avenger. He hates this movie, and it's amazing. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I hadn't occurred to me that people would be so up their own ass in the eighties. And wow, the producer of this film and Lloyd Kaufman have exchanged shots across the bow for. 30 years wow that's crazy i think uh that wasn't the um junkyard dude uh in toxic avenger was it the 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 junk i, I could have sworn he was in toxic avenger like the big uh the big dude the oh, one probably. that, uh, that <laughs> sexually assaults his co-worker oh yeah yeah, yeah and then has it. sex uh with a dead body mm. and that's just only part of the film guys yeah he has syphilis <laughs> so uh let's get into some trivia before we get started in the rest of this shit uh huh Wes craven said of the film street trash makes herschel gordon lewis look like mary poppins <laughs> do you want to do the line from guardians of the galaxy or should i go for it i'm mary poppins y'all <laughs> so good i love it yeah. so roy fumes the Froom Froom case i'm just gonna say it like that the writer of this film and the producer he actually complimented Wes Anderson or Wes Anderson, Wes Craven on his first <laughs> I was like, I don't movie. know if Wes Anderson had anything to do with this. It'd be very weird. A very <laughs> different movie. Lots of pastel colors. <laughs> but uh, he complimented Wes on his first movie and Wes sent him all sorts of manuscripts and different drafts of it because he was like, hey, thanks. I have a fan. And they were friends until Wes died. That's pretty cool. And if you're a real horror fan, they were friends after. Wasn't, uh, did I tell you that uh, apparently um, the actor that played um uh, god damn it who is the main guy in the the main bad guy the one with the bone knife oh. fuck i forget their names the hobo bronson, king is what bronson I mm-hmm. right so bronson apparently he didn't <laughs> he got hired on like a day before film didn't read any of the script and just kind of basically just read it straight off the notes and was like yeah fuck it i don't know what the fuck i'm doing but uh hopefully it works that's awesome yeah i mean it clearly shows in the film yeah, well, he's like 17 different characters in it. And I wonder if they got, because he actually was a Vietnam vet. I wonder if he was actually like psychologically 
Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? I, I keep on going back to him being a Vietnam vet and thinking to myself, okay, maybe there's some like deep like root meaning behind all of the crazy homeless people like okay, justifying them acting a little odd and maybe it being like some PTSD kind of thing, right? And our vets not really being taken care of. But no, it has, it has nothing yeah, to do I don't with think that. It's- that that's um god they a, even i mean but they mentioned something about like vietnam like yeah, we have to take sure. our ter- care well, of our vietnam vets well there's something. even like a flashback which you know in his dream sequence it's like vietnam but i feel like the combat shock if you've ever seen that film that's very much like trying to make a commentary on what do we do with these poor men who come back and they don't have the resources to earn a living and blah 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 whereas with this i feel like it was just we need time to fill let's find this guy who's herculean and make him intimidating uh, how would this crazy homeless guy be able to bench 500 pounds? Oh, well, he was in the army. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's the way I took it. So I listened to an interview with Frank, Frank Farrell, <laughs> who is credited as the dismembered derelict in the uh, notes. He was the guy who gets his pee-pee chopped off. He was actually a producer on the film. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. I mean, they're probably literally, uh, okay. Uh, show of hands who wants to have their dick cut off uh, while we film it (laughs) funny enough so jennifer aspinall made reference in one of her interviews saying like oh yeah she i made the dick mold off of one of the cast members not a problem but apparently there's a bigger (laughs) dick mold that is thrown around the initial dick mold that is cut is different oh i heard that i heard they had different names for it too they had a small one a medium size and then like a you know yeah, and she she like drew the line at doing the big one. She's like, nah, dog, I'm not about that, which huh. is awesome. And then <laughs> after that, she went and did Saturday Night Live and Mad TV for the next 17 years of her career. Yeah, that's kind of funny when you think about um, her drawing the line between using this regular size dick and then just like a comical size dick. And then they play like fucking hot potato with a dick. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I draw the line between this regular size and this ginormous cock. But uh, you know what? Go ahead and play, uh, you know, hacky, I, hacky sack with his dick. I wonder what her thoughts on circumcision are. She's like, nope, it can't have a foreskin. Because <laughs> that would make it a little bit shorter. So it'd be more manageable for it to use. Interesting. So uh, Frank Farrell had mentioned that there was a, quote, fair amount of improvisation. Brian, would you believe that people went off script in making this movie? No, uh, it's totally hard to believe. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, apparently, the car yard that's in the movie was down the street from, well, down the stream, rather, from a slaughterhouse. So they would look out into that water every day, oh. and you'd see, like, pig heads floating that's around. That's gross. What gets you into character better than that? That's that's pretty intense, man. But I feel yeah. like, how can you really be a starving hobo if there's fresh meat like that? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, icky. Well, I know one thing. Jake would be a starving hobo. I would. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. If it's already dead and I'm dying... No, I, I don't know what wouldn't. I don't know what the folks get when they eat the bad lettuce. What is that? Salmonella. Um, yeah, you'd be all about that. You're like, give me some of that salmonella lettuce. <laughs> so Farrell even went on to say, and this is where the shots across the bow really get crazy. So I'm going to read three quotes from him that are going to make you go. Ugh. Number one, he claimed that s- distributors told him that street trash quote succeeds where the toxic Avenger wishes it did. Wow. He went on to say quote. There's too much intelligence on screen that obviously came from behind the camera for people to just dismiss it and say it's just another Toxic Avenger. Hmm. And then he later said about himself, 
And when he was describing his character, he said, quote, let's just say I'm at the center of the world's first epic castration comedy sequence. The only one I agree with is the last one. Yeah. I was like, uh, wrong, wrong and wronger. Uh, well, I mean, can you imagine any other um, epic castration comedic sequence before this? Yes. Robocop. Well, when did Robocop come out? 87. Paul Verhoeven. Okay. This came out in when? This came out the exact date. 87? 9, 1687. When did Robocop come out? Shit, I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> Let's go to stats. I don't think I was alive yet. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think here. I mean, if it is the first comedic uh, castration sequence, then the guy was correct. To his credit, I don't think that it's supposed to be as comedic as I make it out to be. No, uh, it was... Oh, July 17th, 87. Damn. Okay, so RoboCop did win. And RoboCop's like one of my top five, so that had to happen. And it, I, would, I would argue the concept of time with It you. was so close, it won by a chode. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian, are we ready to get in the stab statistics for this week? Yeah. All right. So the movie was shot on a budget of, I don't fucking know, and nobody seems to fucking know. That's great. It was like a limited release, right? Yeah. They yeah. rented out a theater and they had 1,200 <laughs> people there. Is that really what happened? That's what started. Wow. And then Vestron Video. So apparently... The movie was 110 minutes. They cut 10 minutes, which I'm like, you cut 10 minutes. You struggled to cut 10 minutes. If they and, cut the if they cut the dance scene, I feel like that they should have kept it. Yeah, that's just me. well. Then they cut another 10 minutes to make it 90 minutes because Vestron Video wanted that for the distribution because they were going to do film and video. Oh, that makes sense. So yeah, it's kind of bizarre. I think they did a couple uh, redistributions. Like it went to DVD. They did like a remastered version of it. I think. Yeah, and I think that the version that's on Shutter, I think, is the 101-minute version. Oh, nice. So that's dope. The competition. You ready for this? Yeah, go for it. So there was the actual day of was In the Mood, which is based on a true story of a 15-year-old who had affairs with two older women. Mm, that's strange. Mm, that's no good. I don't know who would want to see that. I think it's supposed to be a comedy, too. That's really weird. Not a fan. Nope. So it came out two days before Hellraiser, Fatal Attraction, the Principal, and Amazon Women from the Moon. The only one I'm familiar with is The Principal. Isn't Principal... You haven't heard of Hellraiser? Oh, I'm sorry. Hellraiser, Hellraiser was in there? Yeah. God damn it. Hell, you haven't heard of Fatal Attraction? No. Bro, okay. It's Swim Fan. It's the original Swim Fan. Michael Douglas pounds Glenn Close, who's not his wife. He's like, give it, take it, yeah. And so Ew, she goes... That's just gross, because I'm imagining Michael Douglas and Glenn... Yeah, yeah now. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> well, he wasn't that great then. So she goes crazy <laughs> because she's the other woman and she boils his fucking rabbit alive. And then, you know, I think that was just character work for when she would later play Cruella DeVille in 101 Dalmatians. Hey, yo, but it's dope. You should see it. It's not mm -hmm. a horror movie, though, so I don't think we can do it. Yeah, definitely not. Uh huh. The principal's Jim Belushi. Oh, Amazon Women from the Moon had Arsenio Hall, Phil Hartman, and Michelle Pfeiffer. That's a pretty good cast. That's dope. I've never heard of that movie. Neither had I. <laughs> when I. With a name like that, I was like, oh, it came out in the 50s. Maybe they did like a re-release. Nope, it is an 87 movie. Amazon Woman from the Moon. And it came out nine days before The Princess Bride. Yeah, Princess Bride's dope. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I just read that. Great book. Yeah. Are there parts where Fred Savage is being read to in the book? <laughs> no, I wish there was. Gotcha. <laughs> So the movie was written by Roy Frumkis, who wrote The Substitute 1 through 4. Brian, you're like, I've only heard of The Substitute. Uh, 
the remaining three were actually uh, made for TV. He was the pie face zombie in Dawn of the Dead. He plays the businessman who gets melted on in this movie. Uh, he co-wrote Shoot Me. Oh, yeah, this is the Shoot Me, Shoot Me, colon, subtitle, independent filmmaking from creative concept to rousing release. <laughs> that, like, this dude's pretty accomplished. Yeah. I kind of like that. He's, I, that's he's got book, a lot. Yeah, the book I told you about where he like talks about gathering the money before you go out. Right. Which is what we did wrong. We should have gathered a bunch of money and bought equipment instead of just hodgepodge in this show every week. That's, I mean... How we get by, man. We should have been panhandling. <laughs> we should get like that shitty chocolate and try and sell it in front of Trader Joe's and look disappointed. I'll just dress you up in slutty outfit and put you on the corner. I have a great excuse. <laughs> Every single time one of those kids is like, hey, miss, you want to buy some chocolate? I'm always like, I'm vegan. And they're always <laughs> like, oh, okay, you're, that means you're weird. I'm not going to try and sell to you. Uh, that's good. That's good. I'm waiting for the day that some wise ass kid's like, oh. Would you like this vegan chocolate, mister? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, until you eat it, and then you look at the ingredients, and it has nothing vegan in it at all. And you're like, great. Thanks Veal a lot. tears? What Fucking the fuck? dick. <laughs> shitting fire. So anyway, uh, the music was by Rick Ulfik. This dude is weird. He founded We the World, an, an organization dedicated to global peace and unity. He was the co-chair of the Foundation of Ethics and Meeting, a UN representative. What? You, what? You're a composer for this bullshit little B-movie? <laughs> well, kind of B-movie? And then you're out doing world politicking? Honestly, I don't even remember any part of the, the music in this film. Oh, it's bad. Is it bad? Oh, yeah. It's like. You remember in Forgetting Sarah Marshall when he's like mocking them and he's like, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> it's like that in parts where you're like, this doesn't fit at all. Well, I guess it goes with the theme of the movie. I don't feel like anything really fits. No, no I feel like it's very much like a dumpster of a movie where it's like just like the opening guy, Freddie, his outfit where it's like a purple hat from an old lady, you know, <laughs> the biker jacket from uh, Dennis Hopper from. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair. I feel like homeless people really kind of have a hodgepodge of whatever they can find. So, yeah. So it's in character. Yeah. It's, it's on brand, as they would say. Definitely. Uh -huh. Oh, here's a fun fact. Jennifer Aspinall did Massive Head Wound Harry, right? For Dana Carvey. It's a character you might remember. And Victor Pascal. A lot of people said that his makeup was inspired or was the inspiration for Massive Head Wound Harry. You might recall. Pet Cemetery, our first official episode. Boom. I brought it around town. Brian, <laughs> that was the statistics for this week. I like it. And we're gonna are we gonna go uh, are we gonna attempt nicknames? I don't even know who the fuck to give nicknames to. Um, because there aren't really any characters that come to mind, right? I'm trying to think of who are the main characters in this film. Well, it's and hard because like I don't know the actors' names because none of them were successful. Yeah, I was telling you earlier, I looked on Wikipedia and they had a list of actors, but none of them had blue writing where you could click a link to go to their profile. It was just like some random name. Like literally anybody can go on there and type Farts McButt. Farts McButt. Nip, nipple butter. And that would be the main fucking character. So we got Mike Lackey played Fred. Fred, I just called Hobo for the first 45 minutes of the movie in my notes. I feel like he's like, yeah, older, older brother Hobo. I don't know. Funny hat. <laughs> he was actually in the original uh, short film, and the younger brother is not even a character in it. Really? Yeah, kind of neat. 
So uh, I'm just going to call him Hobo. You can call him whatever you want. I'm I, definitive. I like it when actors have the same uh, name in real life as they do from their character in the movie. Because I feel like they're like, okay, I have a hard time remembering who I'm supposed to be. So please just call me by my actual name. So the guy's name that's uh, the cop, his name's Bill. Bill right? And they're and like, he's he's the cop named Bill. Well, I love that in the, the credits, it's Bill the Cop. Bill the Cop. So I kind of want to call him Bill Cop just because yeah. it's like it's very succinct. It's funny because in the film he's like, oh, I don't know how to fucking read. I'm like, I feel like that he's he's basically in character. No. That's him in real life. So then we go to Vic Noto, who played Bronson. Here's the fun thing. I have two for him. One, he sits on a throne made of trash, which gives him the hobo king. <laughs> and two, he looks like buff Zach Galifianakis. That's a strange thought. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, the beard and everything. He is exactly Zach Galifianakis. I like the hobo king. Hobo King, that's yeah. good. Um, Mike Sveraza played Kevin. I don't know who that is. Is that the little brother? That's the little brother. But it's nothing really comes to mind. Every time he has like a weird conversation with his brother, it seems like he's like playing to for his brother to be like a nice guy. Yeah. And his brother's just like, fuck you, you piece of shit. And then yeah. that's it. Well, we talked about this before. I feel like the older brother would have been a perfect Ben Richards from The Running Man, according to the novella, because he's just an asshole. And every time you want to do something redeeming, he's just an asshole. So why don't we call Kevin the Little Hobo? Yeah, I like it. Then we go to Wendy, Jane Arakawa, uh, um, pedo. That's what I was going to say. It's so strange, right? Because Kevin is a little kid and she's like a grown woman. Yeah. And she's like, I totally dig this little kid, man. Let me check out. You know, she even pulls off his uh, T-shirt and she's like, man, no fucking chest hair or anything. Gets my rocks hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, it's weird. It is not normal because she even kind of lovingly refers to the other homeless people who are men as kids. <laughs> you know what? I remember her hair. And thinking to myself, I was like, wow, she's got like a Liu Kang thing going on. Yeah. And <laughs> lightning just struck my brain. These are Lost Boys, and she's Wendy Moira Angela Darling. Oh, no. That that adds a whole new level of weird. That's true, because she has her own little Lost Boys little sanctuary mm-hmm. within the dump. So, yeah, so that's weird. Sense. The pedo she is. Uh, Nicole Potter played Wynette, who I didn't even know how to name. Oh, man. I just called her Diaper Lady. She had a weird, it wasn't really a diaper, but it kind of looked like a diaper. I don't know. She definitely looked like she had some meth mouth going on, right? Her jaw didn't look like it was there. Yeah. Well, her chin juts out so far. It's very weird. Uh, I would have called her Salacious Crumb, by the way. That's my one Star Wars reference I'll be making today. <laughs> you know, Here, I'll show you a picture of Salacious. I want to show you. That is here. Oh, then no. Google her, oh, then Google no. him, and it's the same fucking guy. Poor lady. There that is an actual person it in is. real life. <laughs> she seems lovely. I watched an interview with her. She seems absolutely lovely. Yeah. We cut to Pat Ryan, Frank Schneiser. He's the Necro. We got Pedo and Necro, right? Pedo and Necro. Yep. Absolutely. Clarence Jarmon. I just called him Gas Mask Hobo. I know there's probably something more clever there, but he that's the most identifiable. I mean, he wore a gas mask almost the entire time. And like, he was until Hobo. he was in the grocery store. Yep. So you can call him Chicken Man. Chicken Pants. <laughs> chicken Pants. I like it. All right. Then we go to Bernard Perlman, who played Wiz. You know, Wizzy was the guy that just, he was just cantankerous, yeah. right? I almost want to just call him cantankerous. Cantankerous. M. Uh, Django Crunch was Ed. Ed's the guy who melts at the beginning. Is he? No. He's either. 
Honestly, at this point, you really lost he's, me. No, he's this the guy who works at the. Uh, oh, so he's the guy that introduces Viper liquor store who farts. Yeah. yeah okay. We right. could just call him Farty Liquor Store Boy. Uh, and then you have a uh, uh, door guy. Door guy right? James Lorenz, who bringing it all the way around. Robocop, Robocop three. <laughs> Love it. Fair he enough. He is Fair enough. delightful. He's my yeah, favorite. I mean, they're a little movie. playful banter, you know, between him and uh, the Don. He's very funny. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there are a very lot of witty. great parts. Very witty. It's Bruce Torbett who plays Polly, who's the first guy who gets flushed. The one that flushes himself down the fucking toilet. Yeah, it's very awesome. Sweet. I mean, you gotta give it up for creativity. For sure. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna melt into the toilet and then I'm gonna flush myself. Yeah, it's way better than the student film. In the student film, you just got like the colors pouring out of his pants and then he just kind of disintegrates. Whereas in this, it's like there and plus there are multiple gags in it. You know, there's the legs that break off. There's the hand that breaks off. There's the face in the right, toilet. There's right, right. bulging and then sucking down. I mean, and you know what's so funny, too, is you can imagine instantly you're going to die. But this is a slow, painful death Yeah, where they're basically a pile of goo in a toilet and you see like a shape of a face and they're still making some sort of guttural sounds. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're still alive somehow. <laughs> I like the idea that as he's being flushed down, he's still conscious. And it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when Mikey is on his skateboard. And, the t- and he's like, whoa, bodacious. You know what it reminds me? I, I imagine it's like the carnival ride where you get stuck to the wall when it spins. And he's just you're looking up at in the toilet bowl and it's just swirling around. I love the idea that there's like a support group for guys <laughs> like this in movies. And there's the senator from the first X-Men movie who like turns into a puddle. And he's right. like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, I understand where this is coming from. Hi, my name's Eric. Hi, <laughs> I've been a puddle person for 20 years. <laughs> so, Brian, should I try and get this recapitation done so you can go into the sleigh by play? Yeah, man. Let's do it. For those of you who are actually watching this, because we're doing a video component this week, I don't know where I'm supposed to be looking. So it's not my fault that I look like I'm schizophrenic. Fuck, I haven't been looking at any camera this entire time. He's been so. looking at my Good. balls. Oh, and he's looking at producer Chad's titties. Titty, titty, titty. All right, so recapitation. This is going to be a harder one. We should do it on done. Tuesday, man. It'd be titty Tuesday. Oh, dude. But then we lose <laughs> warm-up Wednesday. Or Wednesday warm-ups. Okay. So recapitation. Fuck. It's hard. Like, the student film's easy, and then this one's a little bit harder. So a guy <laughs> sells some booze he found that his, kills people in his basement right right and and it kills people that's pretty that's, much it that's it man you had a fucking easy one but then everything else there, there's all the other stuff there's the cop plot there's the doorman plot there's the uh you know yeah, but everything plot. everything builds off of that so essentially you have like the initial recap well honestly the doorman plot doesn't tie in until the end credits of the movie that's what I mean. Like, I could have given it part of the recapitation. Well, it does tie in because you have to deal with Officer Bill. And Officer Bill, Bill has to deal with Hobo King. Officer Bill, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that is such an old reference. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Mr. Bill, oh no! Wow. What is what is that? Am oh. I the oldest? I'm no, statistically, I'm not the oldest no. person in this room. No, yeah. Chad's got your beat, bud. <laughs> so do you. You're April, I'm August. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. That's why you have, that's the only reason you have better facial hair than I do. It's because you're, you're, oh, meant, yes. you're an old man. That's it. Absolutely. Bullshit. Absolutely. This yes. guy. So, Brian, you taking us into sleigh by play? Yeah, I suppose so. So, the way the movie starts out is you have this liquor store dude who takes some trash out and you have some fun music playing in the background. 
and there's like fun yellow lettering. Yeah, I feel I like, like it. it's like, yeah, it's very 80s. In the student film short version, it's like bloody font. And I was like, I've seen that. Yeah, shit it's before. a little it's a little played out. So uh, but if I had like a punk band, I would totally use this font. Then you have older brother hobo follow this guy into the liquor store. Right. And it's funny because he follows him into the liquor store doing like a little jive. Did yeah. you see him like, I don't know. That's was, the way he walks in the student film too. He's just like, <laughs> bum, 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 like he's got no bones. He, in his shoulders. You know what he reminds me of is like a, a homeless version of Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yep. <laughs> we should have just called him Shaggy, but then I lose my hobo one. He's Shaggy. And the, the little brother is now Scrappy Doo. <laughs> so Shaggy follows the liquor store dude into uh, the back of the liquor store. Uh, and then this is where the movie fucking draws me in 100% is the liquor store guy bends over to pick up something and immediately just lets out the biggest fucking fart right into his face right into his face and something about farting um me being you know a fucking dude i guess who just finds fart jokes funny for some reason They're objective i don't know it's wait it i think i shit my pants i tried to <laughs> fart on, on i was pants. like I, I think i see a blood vessel popping in jake's forehead right now <laughs> I, feel, I feel a bulge beneath my waist and it's either a hernia or i shit my pants could be both uh a herniated shit <laughs> breathing through my mouth from now on oh you get my poop particles on your tongue tell me how it tastes <laughs> so <laughs> i really hope i made eye contact with the right camera for that one keep going Shaggy grabs a, some liquor. Apparently, it's really expensive liquor because liquor store dude totally chases him out like, hey, motherfucker, that's my shit. And I guess apparently it's worth it, right? Because he's chasing him all over God's green earth to get this one tiny bottle of fucking liquor, right? I don't know that's correct. I think I don't think that Ed's the one who's chasing him. He, If I'm remembering it correctly, he says he's going to buy it. He steals a bottle. And then it's when he leaves that it's everybody else who's mad at him. The guy who's in the white shirt is who's the, the guy, guy who that, crashes his car. Who's the guy that, no, there's the original liquor store guy chases him. He chases him and then he meets up with everybody else. For stealing then, the... Yes. So he's chasing after the guy and then Shaggy meets up with the two guys who are, I'm assuming, trading uh, money for consensual sex of yeah, some sort. Yeah, that's clearly what's happening. And then... He runs past them, steals the money, and then keeps running. So then they all kind of run after him and party. Do I get partial credit for remembering that it's exactly two dollars? Because <laughs> you're, I'm realizing that you're correct. I in the because I'm confusing it with the short film because I'm an idiot and I don't know why I go into all these supplemental materials that don't actually have any bearing on the movie we're watching. But in that, he and Ed get along fine. And then it's also weird because why would you go back to Ed's shop if you stole? But whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and Ed's okay with it. Yeah. Totally is okay with it. No, you know what? It's not Ed. Okay, thank you. Well, it's not Ed, but Ed Ed is somebody that is introduced much later. It's not the same sequence. It's not the same first five-minute intro into the film. It's some random liquor store dude that is stalking his back room, and then he grabs the shit and then runs. That guy chases after him, meets up with the other hobos who are going to do the hanky-panky. They chase after him as well because he steals the money. He goes around the block and then he meets up. Um, and it's funny because they almost make it seem like it's like super slapsticky where like he'll go like a couple blocks and then they pull like a Mike Myers and they're like there in front of him. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? How'd you get there? And it's the same person. It's the same guy that's in the back room of his liquor store that farted. The guy that farted isn't Ed. He isn't? No, it's not. It's some old, some older guy. Okay. That, I don't know. 
So Ed, Ed, all I know is this scene. I had the heat is on. You take your <laughs> take your drinks, according to Brian. Right, but that's the opening song in Beverly Hills Cop. Da na 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 na. You know. Yeah. How's it go? Da na 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 na. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> so they chase after him some more. He goes upstairs into an apartment building where he randomly no actually so he gets chased they drop down a ladder and then he's like oh shit this is fuck this is fucking cool why would a ladder get brought down apparently there's a fire in the apartment building yeah, i thought he had a crony who was helping him out right that's nope. what i thought too and so he runs up he go runs he climbs up the ladder goes into some people's apartment who are apparently having sex booty you see titties at three minutes and four seconds into this movie i like how you took notes on that yep and then you see a dick at 3.11. Yeah, no, not only dick, you kind of see some flopping balls, too. It's like, <laughs> it looks like one of the characters of Fraggle Rock, like, really enjoying some music. Oh, no. I feel like it's like two hard-boiled eggs in a little <laughs> bean bag. You see her bush, too. And he slaps her ass. I mean, this movie has everything in the first 10 minutes. Absolutely. So, yeah, and then it shows him running. Oh, and he steals a watch. Oh, that's right. Like you objectify this guy's woman and then you steal his watch. He's very opportunistic. Yeah, he's not a good person. No. But I mean, if you're a homeless guy, you kind of have to do what you can, right? I mean, I don't know from experience, but at least. It's the law of the jungle. (laughs) Exactly. So then somehow I feel like he gets back downstairs. They chase after him some more. He meets or he sees a dump truck, right? Hops in the dump truck and then he loses them, right? Well, he jumps out of the dump truck. Well, because the dump truck crush, starts leaving the two dollars, and then he's like, "Fuck, I lost the money, man!" Right, which is funny because it's two dollars. Yeah, but to him, it's his life savings. That's exactly two vipers. Yeah. <laughs> and I, of course, whenever I see the dumpster, I think of Blood Feast, which then spawned Blood Diner, and then I was sad I wasn't watching Blood Diner because the guy who Uncle Anwar is based off of in the first one in Blood Feast, he goes splat in a dump truck. Oh, shit. That's right. Hmm. The more you know, kids, now you can impress (laughs) somebody on the internet and be like, no, fuckface. Uncle Anwar's bassist. So is this where we uh, get introduced to uh, the Hobo King? You're exactly right. Well, it's just the man on the throne, yeah. Right, where... (sighs) He's just yelling. Like, he doesn't do anything to establish his status. He's just a yelling person. So it's kind of hard to call it the, you know, introduction to the character when you don't get any character. (laughs) That's true. I mean, unless you can call qualify character traits as like loudness and annoying, which I guess is me. So yeah, they'll call a character. <laughs> but at the same time, look back into the trivia notes. Um, the guy had absolutely no fucking idea what he was doing. So I mean, it all makes sense. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Director. What's my motivation? You're crazy. and You live in a dump, my friend, and your <laughs> girlfriend's wearing a diaper. But you want to bang a pedophile. And he's like, oh, got it. Clear clear as day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So what happens next? So the hobo walks by a kid. The kid is on the street in a spring-loaded rocking horse. And he's like, ride him, baby. I don't even remember that I part. I was like, yeah. It just sounds so weird and bad. The amount uh, of pedo instances in this film. Yeah, so <laughs> then this is where we pan down to the basement. And then you get the rot gut scene where um, he, Ed finds the crate of 60-year-old Viper. Then the homeless guy comes in. Then they do the thing when he steals it. I'm so wrong. Then the legless guy comes in, oh, who's no. never reintroduced in the movie. That's right. And it's so cluttered in this fucking liquor store. He just falls on his face. And you're like, oh, that's so sad. And then Hobo guy. Right, gets but away. I mean, it, 
the, it gives the hobo guy like an opening. Yeah, well, right? I thought that they were going to be in cahoots, and they weren't. Yeah, that's true. I would have felt really bad if uh, fucking armless dude or legless dude would have drank the Viper. I didn't know Orlando Bloom was in this. <laughs> Fuck you, man. It's legless, not legless. <laughs> so, man, it cuts to homeless. And my bow. <laughs> and my bow. <laughs> and then Fred's like, and my Viper. <laughs> but think about it. Imagine if you poured Viper into Mount Doom, what that would oh, do. Oh, it would be fucking game over. Dude, that would rule ass. Game over. That would rule ass to see some flaming eye melting. Yeah, I would just fucking disintegrate. That's game the, over. That's the, the sentence that I want taken out of context in this. A flaming eye melting and somebody's like, yep, Jake broke edge. He's doing LSD on that podcast. Although at the same time, I'm pretty sure more than once in this film, there has been an eyeball that has been melting. Oh, for sure. It wasn't on fire, but it was pretty close. Yeah. Actually, in the student film, that's one of the better effects is the eyes of the shopkeep pop backwards into his head, pop out his mouth. That's really impressive. It's pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, for a student film, that's really, I don't know. I mean, I would be impressed. Yeah, I give it an A. Roy Frumkes was actually a professor at the school where James Muro was going. So it's kind of a cool I wonder, collab. I wonder what uh what grade they got. Hopefully an A. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, and the guy went on, so we didn't talk about this. James Muro ends up being the steady cam guy of choice for James Cameron. So he did stuff on Titanic, True Lies, Terminator 2. I mean, right, yeah, dude, he did Terminator. That's he right. He even was a cinematographer for Crash, for Christ's yeah, sake. So this guy had a he, serious yeah, career. For, for steady cam, he was like the top-notch guy. Hell yeah. So and that, You could cool. see it in this movie. In that opening shot, there's like a complete Evil Dead-style pan as it's going around the, the like crappy neighborhood for a couple seconds with no point right it's just there because he could do it yeah that makes sense then and we cut to the intersection where there's normie guy and his girlfriend and they're in the car and the homeless guys are like cleaning they're windshields. cleaning windshields yeah that's so good and you know what it reminded me of i want to say it's steve ranisazi you know who that is it's yeah. a comedian uh he's from the league and uh he he makes up a, a joke where he's he talks about being in downtown la and uh how a guy basically cock blocks everybody into missing a light just because he's on his phone and everybody's like honking their horn like what the fuck you know and so then everybody's pissed off right well then a homeless guy comes up to him and wants to like wipe his window you know and he's like no 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 i got something better for you he's like all right i'm gonna give you 20 dollars." and the guy looks at him like oh fuck what do i got what do i gotta do for 20 dollars?" you know like the guy's willing to do anything basically for 20 dollars. he's like i want you to take that nasty bucket of water that you have right there and go pour it through that guy's moonroof right there. No. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll do it. And he goes over and he totally pours it down his, in, down his uh, moonroof. And then he looks at the guy and flips him off and raises his hands. And he's like, it was the greatest thing fucking ever. Wow. Sorry, little side story. Not but, dope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, as opposed to going through the, the moonroof, this is where the Hobo King takes the guy who's in the front seat and smashes his head through the window. Which is really weird because I feel like it shows him throwing the guy out of the car and then it doesn't really show anything else. And then it pans back to the car and it's just a guy's face through the windshield. I don't know. Yeah, I know I took a note. That's somebody from the production team really? who gets smashed through it. But I'm trying I think it's to so fun how they can include everybody from production getting murdered somehow. I think somehow. they had to at a certain <laughs> point because they didn't have anybody who wanted to be in the oh, film. No. Uh, that's probably true. But I remember distinctly hearing the girl say over and over again he's touching the car why can you have him not touch the car and i'm like dude 
get over the car. Like, this guy's clearly going to kill your boyfriend. With but- a bone knife. <laughs> also, according to the TLA Video and DVD Guide of 2004, The Discerning Film Lover's Guide, this VHS is worth $79.99. Wow. 15 years ago, it was worth $79.99. I'm impressed. Blows my fucking mind that I found that on the internet. That's kind of cool. I mean, I, I imagine if I came across like an old fucking milk crate full of VHS and I saw this out on a cover, I would definitely take it. Yeah. I'm like, what? 79 cents? Yeah. Give that shit to me. So then what happens? Is this where we get introduced to Bill? Bill the cop? Sure. Let's say it is. Is it not? I don't know. I think it is. You don't have to I mean, the notes. Because they have to, essentially, they figure out who the fuck. No, I think I'm skipping ahead, aren't I? Yeah, it cuts to. Always skipping ahead. Motherfucker. Yeah, man, there's a <laughs> bunch of stuff that happens. I'm looking at this. So it cuts to Freddie apologizing to the guy he stole money from. And then that old man talks about like his son, how he's wasting his life on computers. And then he steals the Viper from Fred. And then we end up with fred getting his ass kicked by whiz and then the guy going off and then drinking the booze and melting into the toilet oh that's right that's right so then yeah okay basically shaggy goes into the liquor store and he sees ed right and he you know i guess we're recapping basically like we're recapping the recap Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) well it's hard to keep track like we were talking about each of these things is like a seven minute short. It's not one long movie. Yeah, it's true. It totally skips from one thing to another. So sorry, guys. So he plans on drinking this Viper that he steals. And then you have Wizzy, right? Is it Wizzy? Wizzy's the one who beats the shit out of Wizzy. him. It's the other yeah. guy who actually melts, though. The other guy that steals it from him. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So the other guy steals uh, the Viper from So he goes up into his sweet ass fucking made up apartment. Which is awesome because he goes to the door door. and there's an empty wall that's been broken down so that he didn't have to go through the door. I love it. Right. It's great. I mean, essentially, I don't know. I don't feel like in my mental state, I would ever be so drunk to the thought of me thinking that I'm going through a building when it's actually just a door frame and nothing on the other side. I'd like to think that it's him just being polite. (laughs) It's definitely possible. And, you know, he sits on his uh, porcelain throne and starts going to town on some Viper, right? Yep. And we get our first kill for the Viper and see what happens. Pretty I think dope. it's really cool, right? It's a great effect. I mean, well, that's what we were talking about. There's multiple effects in it. Yeah. I think it's interesting how everybody's blood are, is like different colors. I tried to go into the weeds as far as like discerning if that speaks to their character. And yeah, good what, and what, what comes from different colors? Like some are yellow, some are blue, some are purple. But at a certain point, all of them have multicolors. Yeah. This guy starts off blue and purple and then they see yellow and everything too. So yeah, it totally reminded me of like the really vibrant Play-Doh that you would see when you were, you know, as a kid. It yeah. would be like the really covered in gusher goo, like the girl from last week's episode. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, covered in gusher goo. So uh, I thought it was really cool, right? And they have fun little effects, like uh, like we said earlier, the uh, the legs snapping off, uh, the arm stuck to the old uh, chain. I don't know what you would call it, the chain for the for the flusher, right? Yeah, I was actually just listening to a podcast, and apparently on the cover of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, uh, he, the guy has a couple of like balls hanging. From a chain? That is the same fucking thing from a toilet that he ripped off during the photo shoot and put on his crutch. Really? No idea. Huh. The more you know. Yeah, that's crazy. So you see the the effect of the death, and I feel like that's really kind of like the shining point of the film. That's really, the best one, yeah. Right? That's, the, that's the slay of the game for sure. Oh, I, I, it's definitely the slay of the game, but it's also just as far as like 
character development what character development uh <laughs> plot what plot i feel like people um, regress in the this special movie. effects and the way that people die in this film are really like the shining parts of this film couldn't agree more yeah so then we cut the detective is asking questions of the new homeless guy who's the you know i don't even remember if we gave him a name he runs off with viper that he ends up finding somehow or he buys something he climbs up on a fire escape he starts drinking the viper he starts to turn yellow and slops and melts down that's where he lands in the businessman's face this is right. your second glimpse at the detective who's a complete asshole to this girl who's like save this man his face right. is melting off so this is where bill the detective is investigating the guy who got his face smashed through the windshield and then the other guy comes running over yeah right so he's already investigating something that happens to this guy as far as like oh who the fuck did this and then he i think he actually sees one of the homeless guys and he says hey who the fuck did this and he brings up uh that's the guy who ends up melting so he threatens him and he's aggressive to him. And then as the guy's walking away, he's like, fuck you, man. And oh, then, and then he then he meets Shaggy. And then that's. Yeah, then he melts. Okay, got it. Burns the guy's right. face, which is interesting because in the original film, I don't think that it's meant to imply that the skin is like or the blood rather is like acid. At the end of the movie, the big difference is so the shopkeep melts and then it seems that people are plundering his shop. And then I think it's supposed to be Fred with a gas mask on takes the remaining box of in that movie it's thunderbird instead of Viper. yeah it's thunderbird and then he runs out and he's like yelling and so i think it's meant to be that he's alive and i think that's why the other guy has a gas mask it's very convoluted yeah i don't know the only other part in the movie where you you kind of think to yourself that some sort of acidic property is when shaggy throws the bottle at hobo king and then it breaks and part of his face is melting, right? And his hands are all melting. It's too. pretty dope. Yeah, that part's pretty cool. Kind of a Molotov cocktail situation. <laughs> so at, then we cut to the Hobo King, who the girl is making out with him. He hits her. And then he talks about making women walk around or march around. Rather, oh, does he say a something? Bear pussy. Pussy, a bear pussy. Like, yeah. Oh, that's not bear ass bear pussy. Pretty intense. I'd never heard that before. <laughs> You'd think it makes perfect sense. I mean, you bare ass. It's kind of hard to walk around with just the front clevered, but more power to him. Yeah. So then uh, he keeps bringing up something about like being in the war, right? Yeah. I think at, at one point it shows like a jet fly overhead and then he says something, right? Like, oh, something about Hunter Air Airborne or some yeah. shit like keeps that. Yelling yeah. for air support. Yeah. And then so it cuts to the kid. And he's made money legitimately and Fred's talking shit to him. And then you get Bert, the gas mask hobo, comes up and just takes $3 from him. And he's like, I'm going to go invest this and make more money. And then he never has money. Right, right. And I think at this point, do we get to uh, see Petto? I think for the first time also. Oh, yeah. She's right? all about that little boy. She's all about the little boy. And it's really kind of creepy. And even Shaggy even mentioned something about it, too. Like, who's this old broad that's just trying to hit up, hit up on you? And then, you know, you get the dump owner, uh, Necro, who's yelling at her, right? He's like, I need you to get upstairs front and center. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's when we kind of get introduced to him as well. Total fat slob. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And they established that pretty quickly and thoroughly. Yeah, definitely. And so from there, we have the expository information where you have Shaggy talking to the little hobo. And they're talking about how their dad came back from Vietnam and he had PTSD and he couldn't even let him, you know, watch Godzilla movies because he'd start blathering on. Very weird. And then we cut to the awesome 
scene where the homeless guy with the gas mask picks up the receipt and goes into the store. <laughs> Go for it, Brian. That part's really cool, right? So you have a guy who goes in and uh, I, you know what's sad is I imagine homeless people actually do this. They probably walk in Why and not? stuff their fucking pants. Oh, yeah. And they're like, what? I, I came in with this shit. Prove me wrong, motherfucker. I would rather see a guy stuff his pants than relieve his pants in a store. That's true. Absolutely. And you know what's crazy is if you think about it with what happened with Starbucks not too long ago, right? Where it's like you can't deny me a restroom no matter if I'm a customer or not. It's like, okay, well, no, I had this stuff on me, you know, unless they have it on camera. What are they going to do? They can't. I, I can imagine they could probably get away with it. Just mentioning Starbucks while talking about street trash. I'm reminded of my days where I worked at a Starbucks <laughs> and one of the best days of my life was being able to walk out of Starbucks. Not when I quit. This was before that. So I got to see the person the next day. My shift is over. I'm walking out and I hear a moan. One of my coworkers has opened the door and all I can see because there's a direct line of sight from that front door to the bathroom. H homeless people doing it. Nope. Shit. Smeared all over the white porcelain wall. Wow. White tile walls rather. That's crazy. And you could tell. I mean, it was a staunch contrast oh, covered no. in shit. And I, I narrowly missed it. It was a nice terracotta brown. Oh, we're talking about like, <laughs> it was viscous. Maybe, maybe a hint of a uh, corn yellow in there. Oh, God. <laughs> That's distasteful, Brian. So, so you have you, you have him basically kind of perusing the store, right? Which is great because you, you know he clearly has no money for any of this. Well, he has the money he stole from the kid, but it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Three dollars. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that's like one or two items that he grabbed. Three dollars in 87 money, Brian. Oh. All he needs is another 91 cents and he <laughs> can go buy a ticket to the running man, bitch. Wow. I like that. I remember that stat from last week. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't remember that shit. Good. Um, so he's throwing chicken down his pants, right? And then and he then can't his... fit the watermelon, so he goes for a cantaloupe. That's awesome. <laughs> At first, this... I thought he was being like, he was like saying like, nope, I'm not going to go for that racial stereotype. And then it was just a size thing. And I was like, that's even funnier. This little old lady totally calls him out on it. And I... he refers to her as a cold, wrinkled, white motherfucker. And I, was I mean, like, he's not wrong. She is. Yeah. So if anything, you know, he was in the right there. So uh, she goes off, gets security comes back he's like hey listen dude you got chicken in your fucking pants he's like what i don't know what you're talking about it's like it's literally right there it's dangling <laughs> out of your pants <laughs> so then he 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 shows him the receipt right that he picked up before he went into the store and the guy's like yeah this is just dog food and the guy's like yeah this this is what i have chicken dog food right yeah totally playing it coy i like it and then he like pits it against the guy and effectively calls him an uncle tom and he's like look you're black. You need to side with me by default. And the guy's like, look, you're going to get arrested. And he just smash and grabs. I like it. it. It works. Yeah. I mean, it's totally believable. So out of anything in the film, this is definitely believable. Yeah. Did you notice that they had like crazy fucking prison bars in front of the grocery store? Yep. What was up with that? If it's the fact that they're in the street trash universe. Is that something where they deter people from stealing shopping carts? Sure. That's the only thing I can think of because I, I mean so. it showed like a bunch of people kind of like getting really angry that they had to turn sideways to go in between the bars, but they had a bunch of shopping carts inside the grocery store. So I'm like, yeah. it was like modern. I guess you would equivalent that to modern day like magnets yeah. attached to the fucking shopping cart I could see wheels. That. Yeah. Huh. Have you ever had one of those fucking stop like mid stride? 
Oh, what, like the turn wheels? The, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I smashed my nuts a few times doing that. The worst Shit's is when you knee bend backwards. <laughs> yeah. God, that sucks. I remember, yeah, I feel like Target has those all the time. And I'm like walking my cart out to the fucking car and then mid stride just stop. And I just get slammed right in the nuts. Not no cool. Good. We then cut to the cops who have found the hands and feet of our friend from earlier who melted and fell down the toilet. <laughs> So you get the weird scene where our detective Bill is talking to a guy with a Mickey Mouse tank top who is apparently another cop who is doing a prostitution sting. And we effectively get some back and forth banter talking about the Hobo King and everything. And effectively, Detective Bill's like, hey, I'll help you if you help me. Right. Am I missing anything? No, I think that's it. Just a long scene that does nothing. Then we go to the Hobo King looking just like Zach Galifianakis. And there's a 360 degree shot of the dump around him. And it shows all the different characters and all the different homeless people. And I thought that was actually really fun. And I wish that because of that, I wish they kept the dance scene that we talked about earlier in because it's personalities you see in the people that's beyond just like what they look like. Right. And I I wish they would have utilized it as far as kind of having some sort of delve into who these characters are instead of just being, like you said, like background kind of hobos, you know, like background hobo one. <laughs> pretty much i mean the only reason that the one gets a fancy name is because his dick gets cut off yeah yeah what do they have? what is uh that guy's name in credits i'm kind of curious which one the one that gets a dick cut off oh it's dismembered derelict dismembered Deller. oh wow yep. that's good so then it cuts to the hobo the kid the gas mask guy they're in the car the stack of tires and the car being underlit like that in the dark is pretty sweet yeah it would totally be a sweet fucking hideout yeah All right Oh, except for the fact it's a dead giveaway where they are. It's like, huh, let's look around this dump. Oh, the one thing that's glowing. That's probably where they are. <laughs> and they go in, and that's where they have the food. And you were really upset that the cooking wasn't better. Well, it, it just seems strange that he was like, okay, well, I'm going to come up with some sort of crazy concoction with the $3 and however, min- however much fucking money I had. But he stole like this, like, he went through like a, a laundry list of, of things at the grocery store. Like, he was almost specifically going to make something and then it was just like some random fucking food some slop yeah 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 so then we cut to the hobo king's dream sequence where super weird there's the Viet Cong vampires that bite him on the throne then he has a flashback then he's saving wendy who's strapped to a rock while explosions go off then he, so he like he like throws her or he like unlashes her right from being tied up she falls to the ground which makes it seem like she's like passed out from being strapped to the fucking side of a wall mm-hmm. and then he immediately just jumps on her like, well he okay, takes his shirt what? off and then she bites his nipple i didn't even notice that oh yeah she pulls a giorgio <laughs> i'm like ah, uh, what that's weird well i kept expecting that he was gonna like wake up and the other hobos were gonna be biting him because there's the Viet Cong vampire who bites him she bites him so he wakes up and then you're like okay who's biting him nobody is he has a grenade on his belt he pulls the pin and, and blows then it throw- up then he throws it right it's the most random thing. You're like, where the fuck did this grenade come from, first of all? And then secondly, like, I don't know, I guess in Hobo Universe, uh, a grenade going off uh, doesn't warrant any kind of cops. Nope. Nothing. Okay. The cops probably like it. It's one less to deal with. <laughs> totally fucked. It is. <laughs> so what do we got here? Hobo comes back to the liquor store. Uh, he... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're closed. So he goes into the alley and he finds who, Brian? He finds uh, the Don's girlfriend. Yeah. Right. I don't know what the guy's name is. I forget, but I'm going to call him the Don. He's clearly the Italian dude. 
with the strong Italian overtures. Yeah, I called him like Mr. Kane. Okay. Because he literally had a cane. He had a cane. It's true. So he finds this chick, right? And he's he looks at this like high class girl in like stilettos and like a nice like skirt, mini skirt on. And she's like yakking, right? And he's like, oh man. With this like is... yellow chunks on her chin. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm about to score, right? Yeah. That's his first thought. He's like, well, this is going to happen, right? So then she she like keeps on calling him. Oh, forget his name. She kept on calling him by name who she Red? thought it was. Oh, yeah. Mis- she... Mr. Kane, um, right? And he's like, yeah, baby, come with me. You know, we'll, we'll go back to my flat, right? Yeah. And his flat is literally the fucking car. Yep. <laughs> and she goes with him and... Yeah, so as they walk by, the Mr. Kane comes out, and it's interesting, because as they're going by, there's a doorman who's watching, and there's another guy who's supposed to be like a chef who's watching. The right. chef apparently narks on the doorman for not stopping him from taking the girl. And Even then, though the chef didn't stop either. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so I thought that was funny. So the guy's like, where the fuck is my girlfriend? Blah, blah, you, did, you just let it happen. Right, and you remember hearing the girl, like, totally pleading, like, fuck it, let's do it right here. Yeah. She <laughs> is like, thirsty. Wow. Let's okay. And it's also interesting. I mean, we'll get into it. It's hilarious to me that she keeps begging him to kiss her on the mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah. He probably hasn't brushed his teeth ever. And she just <laughs> yacked and he's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's funny because even though she just yacked, I bet, yeah, she probably had better breath than him. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. And I feel like it would have kind of made the whole illusion disappear if, you know, she's imagining she's in some like sweet ass fucking like condo or something, but really she's in a car. And then she like kisses some dude who's got fucking ass breath. And then it just like snaps her like awake from like drunken stupor. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, nah, I don't want to even trust that. (laughs) So when he gets her back to the room or the I say room, wow, I take a lot of liberties there. When he takes her back to the car in the dump, he like straight like titties out, rips her pantyhose down. They start doing it doggy style. He apparently has some pent up frustration because he finishes right quick. Yeah, he like rolls off and just collapses on the floor, and he's passed out. And then all of the other hobos who've been crawling towards the car like it's oh, dude. fucking it's freaks, so right? Fucking creepy. Did you get the it's vibe so from freaks? Creepy. Yeah, one of us. I was. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's so weird. And then they keep on panning out to the outside of the car, and it almost looks like they're jerking off. Like oh yeah, they're they're totally rubbing it out while she's moving around in there. And I remember her saying, <laughs> right after the guy passes out, she's like, "I want to do it again." She's all like almost forceful. Oh, she's yeah. like <laughs> She's like, I want mine, motherfucker. <laughs> I put a new diaphragm in this morning, motherfucker. <laughs> oh no. What is that? Um Ice Cream Ice Man. Cream man. That's so gross. So then, you know So hands she- come into the car from out in the tires and rip her out. Right. That was one of the cooler visual effects. It's of the one whole of the movie. cooler visual effects. It's also really fucking scary and yeah. gross and kind of makes you cringy. Why don't you tell the fans at home the facts you told me about this lady? Oh, so apparently um, some years before this film, the actual actress that uh, portrayed the Don's girlfriend was attacked in a New York subway system by some thugs. And uh, she was partially deaf in one ear and she had like a nasty scar along her scalp. And apparently filming this scene where she basically gets violently ripped out of a car and gang raped by a bunch of hobos uh, brought back a lot of bad memories and thoughts, which leads me to believe she didn't do any of her reading of the script either. Yeah. So 
Well, they're dragging her off. She's completely naked and she's shrieking. It is not comfortable. No, no it is not good at all. It's definitely uh, one of the cringier parts of the film. I thought they were going to eat her. I thought that was going to be kind of the joke because they were like these like blathering mutant people. Nope. They just raped the hell out of her because it, it is it's clearly established at the end, but we'll move on. So the this is where we cut to the scene where the boss is offering Wendy $5 as a bonus if she takes him to Bone Zone. And she's like, I'm only worth $5. And then he fakes a heart attack for some reason. I don't know why he fakes a heart oh, attack. Oh, this is where he's on top of her. And pins her down. And she's he's like, like oh. he's like on top of her, like on the chair. And this is a big dude. And she is not the biggest of girls. And I'm like, man, that's fucked. So she's begging for him not to be dead so that she can get out from under him. He's like, oh, you didn't want me dead, huh? Yeah. It means you want to fuck. And she's like, what? How did you get that you message know what? That, out of this? That was like the funniest part of his character, I yeah. thought, you know. Oh, I don't know. The the whole him talking to the detective later is pretty good. Oh, that's true. All right. So let's move things along. During this scene, there's like leave it to beaver music from the 50s. Da, 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 da. It's like very <laughs> sitcom pre-sitcom, and it's very uncomfortable. I think that the anachronism's way effect. It's kind of like Jeepers Creepers where they play like the fucking bullshit old music. Right. I think it's effective. What happens next, Brian? So is this where uh, the Hobo King attacks the hobo out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Does this go back to the where he's basically sitting on his fucking throne? He gets mad for some reason and then just starts attacking. I think I think what's supposed to be is that he's mad at Fred for being related to or Shaggy for being related to the little kid hobo. And I feel like he also sees Pedo walking around and he's yeah. got like that like pent up Rage sexual boner. frustration. Yeah. Right. And meanwhile, why not? Why not? Diaper girl mm-hmm. <laughs> is basically uh, she's like pissed, right? She's like, well, I want you to give me some, but you want to fuck pedo. So I don't know. I'm I'm angry. And then he he just kind of like attacks people out of sexual spite, you know, like you do, like you do. Right. And then so he kills the guy, right? Does he kill the guy or does he just like Which the, guy? the homeless, the homeless guy that he just randomly attacks? I don't think he's dead. Oh, I thought he kills the guy. But then he uh, attacks the other hobo and starts choking on him. And another homeless guy just randomly sticks his dick through a wall and pisses in the hobo king's face. Isn't this, isn't that where he's killing uh, the cop? Where that happens? Or is this after? Yeah, that happens after. Oh, okay. So then he takes his bone knife, which, yeah, he took a bone from the leg of a Vietnam, Viet Cong, and then turned it into a knife. So he chops off, I'm not, I'm, this is exactly what happens. He <laughs> chops off this guy's dick, who ends up being the producer on the film, and then they play keep away with the prosthetic dick. Which, in all reality, that should have been the slay of the game. Yeah, he right? should have bled The guy should have died, death. like, instantly. Hard. That is the main vein. Yeah, dude. So it's my main uh, vein. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I can imagine if my shit goes, I don't want to live. No, it's not worth it. <laughs> I mean, there were once upon seeing time, my kid grow up and be a prosperous member of society. Nah, yeah, it's that. like I mean, yeah, eunuchs maybe are a thing, but not for me. No, <laughs> sorry, bud. I got one purpose in life. Yeah, get this dick wet. Whoa. Oh no. <laughs> I realize that this is going to be commemorated. It really went there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I'm gonna be quiet for a while. <laughs> So the hobo finally catches his own dick, right? And this is after their... He intercepts a pass. He doesn't catch his own dick. (laughs) So he intercepts the dick pass. And uh, 
he goes along for the Hail Mary, basically, and uh, catches the dick. He then hops a ride onto the back of a fucking a taxi cab. Yep. And then he's like, No, he misses the cab and he gets on a school bus. Is that, oh, that's right. So he gets on a school bus because that's not creepy having a guy holding his own dick, like waving at a bunch of children. I What'd mean, you learn at school today, Billy? <laughs> well, I learned that if you don't have cab fare, you can <laughs> swing your dick around. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I would love the William Shatner parody of it where the little kids go into the bus driver. There's something on the back of the bus. And the guy turns and looks around and the guy holding his meaty schlong. Right. It looks circumcised, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Kind of a waste. <laughs> uh, so I think now we go to the dump guy. The dump. The dump. I think it's the dump guy. I, I'm looking at the notes, but I feel like it's the dump. It's the detective asking the yeah. cane guy and the doorman about the girlfriend. Yeah, but I mean, we have to know what happens to the girlfriend first, right? Before they go to the police precinct. Because otherwise, why would he ask? It's just because she's missing? Or because yeah. I thought I thought that the guy well, sees the dead girl. Oh, at yeah, the that dump, has to be before. Yeah, you're right? totally right. So the guy sees the dead girl at the dump and then he becomes Necro. That's why we call him Necro. So here's the point. So after he, the boss tries to take advantage of Pedo, the the right. Wendy, so then he leaves. He's walking around his you know junkyard. Oh, he gets and the dog in the dog uh, the crotch by a dog. No, the dog the dog doesn't bite him. The dog licks his fucking cum pants. Well, this is pre- yeah, before. So maybe it's premature <laughs> ejaculation. Dude, he's got he's totally like got like a raging boner, and he like. I don't know if he like pre comes or something in the front of his pants, but then the I think dog, it's only moist because of the dog. The dog goes up and licks him in the crotch yeah. because, well. <laughs> so then he starts yelling at a homeless guy and then he sees the dead lady from earlier. This is a weird thing. He doesn't wear gloves when he lights up his cigarette, right? But then he puts on gloves to lower down into this embankment where the dead body is. And then he takes the gloves off. And then proceeds to fuck the body. At least they had the decency to put that off screen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's totally implied, but uh, yeah. Yeah, Pretty I think that, that uh, oh, he gets up because of the dick tossing around. He gets up and zips <laughs> up his pants to signify that he's finished. And he's like, what's that raucous? I wonder if it's a guy chasing his own cock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something about that, right? You know, nothing about that really surprises me. Nothing surprises me about this movie anymore. <laughs> yeah. So then you go to the cop interviewing the the Don, right? And the door guy. And then that's when you have the playful banter. Which is fun. Yeah. Right. You well, effectively, play- you get doorman who's like, you're a fucking cuck piece of shit. You think you're a Don? And he mouths off and the yeah, cop's like, hey, I can only protect you for so long. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the wisecracking uh, peon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really fun. He's like, yeah, I'm on witness protection, right? And he's like, no, no, that doesn't work at all. Not a real thing. (laughs) Uh, So then there's ominous music and a man with a gun shows up in a plaid coat at the dump. And he's the hitman who you believe is hired by the Dawn to kill Shaggy. Dude, this is so fucking weird. It is very weird. This is so weird, right? So So, go on. So Fred is or Shaggy is taking a piss at a urinal. This guy comes up and it's like, uh you wait like you can't do two things at once or whatever and they're implying that like he has a big dick right because like shaggy looks down at his dick when he's pissing and then yeah the guy like says something to him shaggy goes running and then that's when bill the cop shows, shows up. up out of nowhere it's, beats no this... that's his it's his cop intuition man yeah <laughs> shows up he starts fighting the guy or he goes he says to the guy 
wouldn't you rather die in combat than rot in jail? So the guy throws his gun to the side and fights him man to man, loses, gets his head put in a urinal, and then the cop. And then the cop. You think why? for sure he's gonna piss on him, right? And then he pukes on the back of the dude's and head. It's it's not that he just like goes over and pukes because he had to puke. He literally forces himself to puke with a finger down the throat. Oh, it's awful. It was so weird. And it almost looked like chunky tomato soup. Yeah. That like went all over the guy's face. It looked like Uncle Anwar blended up. Oh. The brain from Blood Diner. Grody. Uh, and then he just takes the gun and leaves. Yeah. And Shaggy's like, okay, cool. Bye, Mr. Police Officer, man. Thanks for saving my life. <laughs> oh, and then there's a mechanic who gets up from taking a shit and looks and sees the puke on the guy's head. Right. That's the whole scene. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. And I then, don't need to understand it. Though. And then you have the cop, right, who leaves the dump, and then he sees the Don in a limo, right? And he, like, knocks on the, or he, he gets out of his car, and he goes and he knocks on the window, and the Don rolls down the window, and he gives them the gun. He throws them the gun, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, well, I don't need this fucking gun because I'm a cop, yada, yada, and the guy, I feel like the Don says something like, you're a piece of shit, this or that. And then the guy says, all right, let's settle it. And then he's like, drive, driver, drive. <laughs> and this is after he like looks at the dump and you hear the like disembodied laugh of the Hobo King. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Because it's true. kind of like, you know, like yeah, in Jaws where it's like you're looking at the horizon. You're like, I'm going to get that. That's my big shark, my big white whale or whatever. I'm going to get that fuck. Yeah. And then... uh I feel like at this point, you think the cop is going to leave, but then he turns around and goes back into the dump, right? Yep. Because the hobo, the hobo king laughs and he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to settle it. And you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be a major turning point in this film because this is like somewhat of a big plot, right? And we're going to follow the cop and everything's going to be good. He's going to become sergeant. and <laughs> He's going to live out his days being a fucking badass. But no, what happens next, Jake? He dies. <laughs> he gets stabbed with the bone knife and dies. It's a pretty decent little fight scene, though. I'll give him that. It is cool. I feel like anytime they show a close-up of somebody getting their head smashed into the ground, it goes really slow motion, and it's almost like they're getting their head pounded into like a pillow. Like It shows it off screen, like the head getting smashed into the ground, and it's really slow and kind of clunky. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you get what's going on. And he pisses on the cop. So right after cop. we're like, man, the cop should have pissed on this guy. He pisses on the cop. You're like, all right, that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> so then we cut. One of the hobos is buying Viper. The clerk calls him Prick Lips. Who? Oh, excuse me. It's the original hobo. The clerk calls him Prick Lips. He tells the guy the to hobo go fuck says, his dog. Go fuck a dog, right? And then he says, I wouldn't let you fuck my dog. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. I feel you like just had a, a business transaction. This is capitalism. You just move on. I feel like some of these quotes, I don't know, something about this totally screams elementary elementary school kids, like, you know, creating the co like commentary. Like, okay, well, you're a dick face. <laughs> and then a bunch of kids laughing and they're just trying to come up with like s stupid cuss words that don't really make sense. Yeah, right? I don't understand <laughs> it either. And this is, remember in the interview I talked about, the producer being like, there's a lot of intelligence here. Like, I don't know if you know this, there's a lot of intelligence. Right. I'm surprised oh. nobody was called Chode Guzzler. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you want to move on? Chode Guzzler? <laughs> Chode Guzzler. Yeah, man. So the the hobo, right, he, he takes off and he drinks the Viper, right? And this is where he walks around the corner 
and he is this where he takes a drink next to the dumpster right it's the fat guy who ends up like exploding yeah. right and they're on the opposite sides of uh, right so you have shaggy it's on one side of the dumpster and he's on the other right and i want to say they pull a willy wonka here right only oh, balloons up and pops <laughs> yeah he almost is blue too i think he's blue a little he might bit. have like a blue outfit on a blue hue but no it's a white t-shirt and blue jeans oh my bad it's okay no. well it's actually it's not a white t-shirt it's a white undershirt and there's like a blue like mechanic shirt on top of it i think he he expands to the level where wherever the fuck uh violet beauregard violet violet's hurting violet <laughs> yeah so he blows up like a fucking blueberry right mm-hmm. and then his insides are some for some reason yellow and they explode i think and it's funny be because bad. shaggy is like saying get away from me get away from me and you're like dude turn around and run the fuck away instead he's literally like two feet away and he's like ah get away from me get away and then he explodes and there's like acidic blood going everywhere which is good consistency when it touches his leg like you can tell that he's at least acting as though it's burning him which is, which is one of the more subtle points of the movie right and then so this is where you find out that Sha- well, this is where Shaggy finds out that the viper is killing yeah, and right. so this is where he runs back to the liquor store, but he has a, a nice little detour reminding, remember, the guy Wiz who kicked his ass, who, oh yeah, we forgot to mention this, he gets a, uh, arrested by the cops, thrown into the van with a bunch of prostitutes. I don't, I don't know what the dialogue was between him and the prostitutes, because it, it kind of was lost to me. I feel like no the audio didn't really come through that much. I don't even know what it is. But, uh, yeah. So the punchline is that the cops give him new clothes and shower him, and then he Yeah, ends and up he back was so them. upset about it, right? He's like, don't give me a shower! Don't give me a shower! And you're like, well, I don't understand what's going on with this. Is it your magic power? Is it your Samson's locks? <laughs> I don't know what's fucking happening. So he's in his, like... Mr. Rogers type get up digging through trash and then Shaggy's like oh I got the thing to fix you right fuck balls so he totally has this grand scheme of how he's gonna get Wizzy to drink this uh and then you know Wizzy like takes it and then his uh well so he's like gas mask friend comes right he's a homo or something like that and then he gets his ass kicked again but this time on purpose gas mask friend comes and he's like almost ruins the whole thing yeah he takes viper back and he's like don't worry bro i got you he's like here take a sip and he's like no he's like he's like let Wizzy take the Viper. Let Wizzy take the Viper. And you're like, he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then, and then punk! dude, he fucking knocks his ass out with like a metal pipe to the yep. dome. And then Wizzy takes it, right? And then he, he's like, no, Wizzy, please don't. I need that to get by. And he's like, fuck you, dude. I'm going to ruin your day. And he just uh, takes a fat swig. And then, fuck, dude, he goes down hard. Yeah, and it's interesting. So he, it's weird. He says something racist to his own friend. And then, do you remember in Saturday morning cartoons when people would like ostensibly die, but then they'd have to say something that they were alive just to make sure it was okay? Like I vividly remember watching X-Men and like Apocalypse blowing up a tank, but then there's a person like crawling out of the tank that clearly just exploded because like people can't (laughs) die. So when he gives the expository information, when he's like talking to gas mask guy on the ground, he's like, oh yeah, you're alive. Okay, good. Goodbye. And I was like, he could have been dead. Why are we making him alive? Yeah. Did you notice that was kind of weird to me? Yeah, that was a little weird. His sacrifice was not even a sacrifice. So then we move on and he finally gets his head on straight and he runs to the liquor store guy to try and tell him, hey, this viper is toxic. But then the apparently he's a little too late. 
because yep. Ed's like, I don't know what the fuck the big deal is about this Viper, but I guess I got to try some for my own, right? Yeah, what happens? So then he, as Fred's or Shaggy is getting to the liquor store, you have the liquor store guy coming out, oozing, blowing orange. up. It's like orange. Yeah. I feel like it's fun that they're using every color of the rainbow. They're like, okay, which one haven't we done yet? This is Purple? a Skittles commercial. Yellow? Green. I don't think they did green. Uh, was green in the first uh, toilet guy? Uh, a little bit. A little like, bit. It's more blue. Red? More like a teal. Was there red? No, I think that's too bland. I think they went all crazy stuff. The guy, the hobo king at the end, has red hands. I think that's because he killed the cop. Interesting. Red, orange. One of the guys was orange. Red, they have orange. yellow. Green is part of the toilet. Blue was, uh, the first guy was blue, basically, right off the bat. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. And they have purple. Yep. Yeah, they have every color of the rainbow. I like it. <laughs> so the they cut back to the dump, and you have a couple of the homeless guys playing with the cop stuff, which is pretty dark. He's playing with the handcuffs and everything, and the gun. They throw the Hobo King some of the Viper, which he doesn't drink yet, but you know it's implied that he's going to. Uh, there's a weird part where the kid is looking up Wendy's skirt and then oh dude that's so weird it's it, it's supposed to be almost like uh playful like uh yeah i like you you like me but it, it just it doesn't come out that way because her face isn't reading like do this she's like looking at him like i don't know it's yeah weird it it's reminded really... me have you seen psycho four is that the one with mila kunis no, you're thinking American Psycho 2. Oh, damn it. Psycho 4 is the one where it's like a made-for-TV HBO movie where it implies that like Norman's mom was like kind of like incestuous and she's trying to get him to like rub oil on her thigh and he starts to kind of get aroused and she's like, you fucking pervert. What the fuck? Yeah, it was kind of like that where she was like entrapping him to be aroused. I don't know, man. It was not good. The whole part was really weird. Let's move on. Shall we? I don't I don't want to feel this way in my <laughs> nether realm. So she takes him to the office and she starts to try and get like the bone zone going. And then you see uh pedo boobs. Hmm. Yep. Not as good as the boobs of the lady who gets mauled to death by hobos. No, definitely not. Um I think that the hierarchy of boobs in this movie go mauled to death by hobos, fire escape lady, then Wendy. Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of a close First and second between fire escape boobs and uh, girl getting fucking destroyed by a bunch of hobo boobs. No, I think and, then, and then it's pedo and like way, way last. So that's the hierarchy of boobs. Yep. <laughs> so true. There are. Well, hold on. We had another point. We also we can't knock the hierarchy of dicks. So there are. Oh, it's clearly the guy who gets chucked first. The I guy that gets. Huge. <laughs> it is it is true and uh it's it's thrown around and you could imagine when it's cut off of a body there's no blood going to it anymore so it's somewhat flaccid but it's still really big so i'd have to agree with you thumbs up <laughs> so it goes flaccid um uh, super super big football dick <laughs> baseball dick football dick i don't know go long and then you, and then it would be stare dick. Stare dick. There's really only two, so I guess there's not that much of well, a hierarchy. There still has to be a hierarchy, though. Yeah, that's true. Moving on. Moving on. So the kid's running away. Well, first you have uh, Bronson fucking Hobo King 
plowing through the door and he blasts through that door like it's made of cardboard which it probably, yeah, it probably is <laughs> so he's chasing the kid around there's a couple like weird scenes of him like hiding amongst stuff and then the guy pops out of nowhere and you're like no you didn't pop out of nowhere bro like you were clearly there you're all a giant person and so he, he yells at him fucking little street trash and all i could think of was aladdin it was weird i was That's like good. i haven't seen this movie in 20 years why is my brain doing this to me <laughs> So he makes it downstairs and then you have Hobo King who's like slowly walking down the stairs to face him and then Shaggy comes out of nowhere and he's like, don't worry, bro. I got you because this is my redeeming quality. And he fucking- he's like, zoinks. <laughs> so he throws the viper at Hobo King's face, right? It smashes, breaks all over the side of his face. You can see that the acid just eats the side of his face away and it gets cool. on his hands as well. Yeah, like a chunk of his face comes off. That's probably my favorite part of that scene. Yeah, that's really cool. So it shows them, okay, clearly this isn't stopping Hobo King. So they end up running some more, right? And it's like, of course, it's like the fucking, the mist, it's like the, the mist, uh, what is it called? The mystery gang, the uh, mystery the, machine. Well, what are they called? The the gang from Scooby-Doo, the, the, were they called something? Scooby's Pussy Posse. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Anyways, it shows them basically running away. And I imagine like it's like one of the guys chasing them through the hallways. <laughs> it's like they go through one hallway and then they come out the other one. And then they're chasing the bad guy through one hallway. And then, yeah, shenanigans ensues. And then you have. So Hobo King the guy, throws a little kid. He throws he a little kid, right? Yeah. And then he's beating the shit. He's beating the shit out Shaggy, right? Yep. Yeah. Shaggy got no game. Yeah. Shaggy's getting fucked up. So the little brother aims the tank at the guy and hits the top of it off. And it's and pressurized air. And it shoots like a goddamn torpedo. And you know what's funny is I have all of those tanks at work. And I want to try it now. I mean, it's it's not a valid excuse. Well, I love it because it didn't <laughs> blow up. And that's the thing that you always see in movies, those things, and they don't blow up. No, no. But it did clearly take his head off. It's pretty dope. It was fucking cool. And then the head is animatronic and it like looks up at her at uh you know Wendy the pedo. I feel like it's like as she's walking over him, he's it looking up her shirt or up her shirt, her skirt. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty great, right? It's yeah. it's good consistency where it's like, you know, he's just evil e excuse me, I have something in my throat. <clears throat> evil to the end. <laughs> yes, sir. Then it pans over to Pedo, and she's getting in the kid's pants again. Is it really? Yeah, she's all about. She crawls over to him, and they're like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Oh, that's so gross. Not good. I'm wondering if it's like my fucking mind just blocking all of that out. I'm just like, I don't remember that at all because I'm like, la 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 la. Nope, don't even see it. That's gross. Then it goes to the the dawn, right, where he has the fucking doorman like tied up. Yep, with yeah. his two goons. That's so good. I really like that because at first I was thinking like, oh, dude, the the Don is getting away with just being a complete douche. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for the most part, he does until he's just like, oh, well, what the fuck is this? Let me take a swig of this shit. He finds the Viper on the guy and then criticizes his goons. And he's like, why didn't you guys find this? This could have been a gun or something that could have shot me in my cane. <laughs> and then he melts. And then he melts. And then the doorman's like, Sweet. Am I the Gotti now? <laughs> I'm the Don. You all have to listen to me, you fucks. And then it cuts to the Don singing a parody of I Did It My Way with Street Trash lyrics. I think at this point I turned it off and went to bed. What's well, the end? Because <laughs> I don't remember any of that either. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It and some of the credits are great. There's one of them. Thanks, Anita, for taking me to see I Drink Your Blood when I was six. So that's, you know, kind of fun. Shall we? I did a bunch of notes on the short film, but we've already kind of talked about it. So let's move on. Do you want to go to the uh, pantheon of uh, where we would rank this? Yes, I would. All right. So I feel like it's very clearly a it's a trash. Correct. I feel like it's somewhere in between. And I, I'm not saying this and you're not agreeing with me as in like we came to this conclusion before. This is me thinking this and then you coming to a conclusion also. Correct. Right? Okay. Because when I say you're it, not then, speaking for me. Right. When I say it and you say correct, I, I feel I make it, it almost sounds like we're both agreeing at it like beforehand. Well, I'm telling before. you that you are correct. I would tell you <laughs> if you were wrong. If I had a strong opinion to this movie, I would tell you. Okay. Okay. Like I was worried when we were texting about it last night i thought for sure you were gonna say it was a tragic and i was like eh, no this is not ice cream man there is way more meat yes. on the bone. and that's and that's but that's what's beautiful about seeing something like ice cream man and then following it up with this is you can see such a contrast between oh the yeah two. so it's There's definitely no vision behind ice cream man it's just like hey wouldn't it be cool if there was like an ice cream man like, but, kill you, people. but you know what's great is in ice cream man it is Ron Howard's brother. He has an IMDb profile. Okay. That's what makes that movie so much worse. Yeah. What well, like this movie does with less what that couldn't. Uh, so maybe instead of making his shitty little remark about comparing it to Toxic Avenger, he should have compared it to a movie that would come out eight years later in the Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Not the Ice Cream Man. It's just Ice Cream Man. I corrected myself. So you can't. Ha ha. Suck a dick. <laughs> So when it comes to trash eggs, it's uh, it's not beating Blood Diner. Sorry, it's, it's not. not it's not. Unfortunately, Blood Diner is here to stay. What do you mean, unfortunately? Well, I, I could mean, do that movie once a month and be happy. As far as having a little bit of a difference, diversity, and yeah, old wooden ship, exactly something to change it up a bit. It just it's not going to work. It's not happening. Blood Diner all the way. Yep. Yeah. You better be a classic or a tragic because you're not taking trash away from us. And for those of you who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, if this is your first episode for some god-awful reason. Watch Blood Diner. Classic, good, good, trashic, good, bad, tragic, bad, bad. Let's move on. Fan questions slash commentary. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. I tried to develop the Reddit user base. I see so that. We have Jim from the Fifth Gala. I love Street Trash. The first time I saw it, I didn't really know what to make of it. It was unlike any film I'd ever seen before. Well, that was what my brain was telling me. Upon watching it again, I realized just how good it was. This is a trauma film without having the name to carry. It's also one of the brightest and most colorful exploitation films I've ever seen. Since that rewatch, I have made it a point to watch it once a year. I think that's a good policy. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Any notes as far as, uh, you know, we shared our notes with some other uh, podcasts on the network as far as like the way that we categorize our films and everything. And I put this as a trauma film, knowing full well it's not a trauma film, but just because it's kind of in that category. And Matt from Cult Classic Mania had to make it a point uh, to say it's not a trauma <laughs> film. And I knew it's not a trauma film. And he's really rude about it. My point to you, Ryan, is if you didn't call it a melt movie, what would you call this? It, it, it's honorarily a trauma film, right? Yeah, agreed. It's a melt film. That's the, what comes to mind. So, Patty melts. Tuna melt. Patty Mayo. Ooh, Doug Funny. <laughs> rule 34. No? Okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you, bullshit, you don't know what Rule 34 is. No. Rule 34 of the internet is there is porn of everything, and if there's not, you have to make it. Oh, no. Is there a Patty Mayo's 
Doug Funny Porn. What do you think? She, where? How do you think she got her last name? Oh no! Oh no! Patty Mayonnaise forever unclean. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see what her and Roger Plotz were getting up to. It's scat porn. Well, yeah, and I guess that makes sense. Where you get Skeeter? <laughs> skeet, skeet. <laughs> uh, user Germ Adolescent. I have a homeless area near my house with debris and trash used as housing. They are always acting crazy and getting arrested. I always think of street trash. 10 out of 10. Do you think he really wants to like leave out some poisonous fucking substance disguised as liquor to get rid of the homeless people around his house? I think he does. Wow. I think this is planned. But we have evidence here. Can't be mad at it. (laughs) We're on on the case, Johnny Law. And if you need us to, we will turn in germ adolescent. (laughs) Last one at user NOSSB. It's a great movie, and Lloyd Kaufman hates it. As per all I know about filmmaking, I learned from The Toxic Avenger and the director's commentary on the original release of Toxic Avenger. I can't blame him for hating this movie, though, because it kind of, you know, I'm not saying out Toxic Avengers by any stretch of the means, but it's kind of like it's in the same category. It's like how there's X-Files and then there's Millennium, where you're like, they're kind of different, but they're kind of the exact fucking Right, so then you get the casual... Who's like, oh, yeah, this is totally, totally similar to Toxic. And then the guy's just like, I fucking hate you so much. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman's made his career out of being this provocateur. And then for somebody else to do it and just kind of be lumped in, yeah. it, it kind of homogenizes it. So I guess yeah. that's fair. Don't associate. <laughs> and then what's his fucking face? The producer guy. What's his name? I Moreau? have it written down. Farrell. Farrell. Oh, I thought it was a Moreau guy. This is great <laughs> video. Frank Farrell, when he's being as pretentious as he is about the Toxic Avenger, I'm like, nah, dog, don't no. play me like that. Like I said, the best part was the comedic fucking dick comment. Yeah. But it wasn't the first. You know, like we talked about, apparently that goes to Robocop. Robocop? Robocop. I still want that shirt. If anybody wants to buy me this shirt and send it to our P.O. box, please let me know. It's a shirt where it says, remember that time Robocop shot the guy in the dick? It's <laughs> a pretty good shirt. That's really good. I'd totally wear the same shirt, and we can totally wear it together. So Brian and I are both hand larges. In hand. <laughs> are you an extra large or just a large? You're a large, right? Extra large. Okay. Extra large for Brian, large for Jake. I like uh, soft fabrics. I'm not into that whole, like, Gildan shirt. It's a little too no. crunchy for me. Give me that soft shit. Yeah, so that's one of the things we're being very picky on about trying to design our shirts. Like, we want to make sure it's good quality, and American Apparel doesn't exist because the guys are rapists, but whatever. It moves <laughs> on. Brian, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Never seen the film. And just based off of the cover of the film. Yeah. With the meltman uh, in the toilet and the flatulence within the first five minutes. I knew I was going to enjoy it. So, yeah, I really dig it. What do you think? I thought it was fun. And I thought this experience is really fun. For those of you who are only listening on an audio platform, thanks very much for your patience. It's a little bit of a weird recording circumstance. For those of you who are watching. Again, thank you. I don't know which camera I'm looking at. We're, this is our first time exploring it. We're trying to give you guys the best content we can. Hey, I'm pointing at you. Uh, <laughs> you know, we want to make sure that we're making this as a diverse and fun experience. We are forever going to be a podcast. Video we're looking at is just kind of an added bonus for people who wanted to explore it with YouTube to see us, to engage with us. We hope you enjoy it. Yeah. And if you have feedback or constructive criticism or tips on how to improve, let us know slasherspot at gmail slasherspot on instagram slasherspot on reddit it's harder not to find us than it is to find us at this point right and i'm definitely not above uh, asking 
you know, going on piggybacking what Jake was saying as far as any tips or or tricks that we can use. If you have any stuff you want to give us to make our stuff better, definitely give it to us. Yeah, if you we'll have like send our a, PO box a ten thousand dollar camera, I will take it. <laughs> I will use it, and I will say your name out loud. That's one of the things we have a Patreon. We've never you know pimped out on this show, but when we do start doing Patreon stuff, I'm fully willing to do a complete inventory of all monies that come in and show. Oh, you it's it's going to the show exactly. I you know my wife and I had joked about like tattoo money or movie ticket money, and it's like no, I have enough tattoos. I haven't. Although to be fair, I need to get a show tattoo. I mean, I, I hate to jump on board uh, and say like we're copying uh, copyers die first. Yeah. Well, but, uh, to be fair, I'm the first person to true. get a show-related tattoo. It's just fun. Brian <laughs> owes me one. He's going to be getting a gauge tattoo pretty soon. I am getting a gauge tattoo. Little gauge with his he- bulbous head and a scalpel. <laughs> with a nice little scar across the face. No it's gonna, fair. Yeah, it's going to have a little bubble that says, no fair, no fair, all in caps locks. Brian, are you a fan <laughs> of Transformers? <laughs> See, because I'm a big fan of the original Transformers series. And so when I made that meme about gauge getting sniped by Optimus Prime... <laughs> If you were a Transformers so fan, I'd insist on you getting that instead. That's so good. I would totally get it because it's fucking clever as shit. It's all yours, my friend. Yeah. Let's set a date. All right. I'm down. Dope. All right, Brian. Say goodbye to these fucks. All right. Goodbye, fucks. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll leave it with, if you ain't watching them dying, you ain't really trying. And for Brian, this is Jake reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember... That all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy.